You gotta have a podcast. 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 What is up, everybody? Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm Angela Palladino, and thanks to you for joining me here for season two that we are so humbly calling the season of the swerve. We're going to be talking to creatives of all kinds about big old swerves they took in their creative focus when they switch from one path to the other and why and just about creativity in general. You know, a lot of left brain woo woo shit. Today, I am joined by comedy writer and performer Jenny Arimoto. We talk about her transition from Silicon Valley to the New York City improv scene and how you can go from being a writer to being a sometimes performer to being a sometimes TikToker while always wanting to go back to your roots as a writer and what that means and all these transitions, especially with the internet playing such a big role in our lives when stages and live performance cannot. It's a really wonderful conversation with a lovely human being. Here is my chat with Jenny Arimoto. Once that outlet was taken away, which was at the time for me, live theater, both like improv and writing sketch. um, I think once that was taken away from me and all I did was sit in my house and open my laptop and do tech work. I was like, Oh, (laughs) um, I don't like this job really. Once you take away the free food at work and the massages and stuff, (laughs) not to brag, but that's what it was at at Google. And then, um, and also I can't do any of the fun stuff I was doing. And Mm -hmm. so it was just like this thing where I was like, Oh, I'm like not doing any creative stuff because Mm -hmm. I'm sad all the time because of the world and because it doesn't exist because theaters are closed down (laughs) and we're in our apartments. Um, and two, like, Oh, now that I know that this is all I'm doing 40 hours a week, I actually don't really like it. And it's actually not fulfilling at all. So I think it was a combo of both, uh, real awakening for me. Yeah. It's a lot easier to like, sort of see, uh, that like forest through the trees when you have nothing else distracting you. I feel like, you know, the job was the same, but you know, you always had your after work stuff to like look forward to. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden, none of that's there. And you're like, Oh, this actually (laughs) ain't it. Yeah. It was like a way for me to do the fun stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah. then the fun stuff was taken away. And then I was like, what is this for anymore? <laughs> it's basically like that. <laughs> for who, for why. Yeah, for exactly. Who, why. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I mean, honestly, though, like sometimes you, especially if you can do it, just like pull the plug on that and then just see like kind of where that floats you. I feel yeah, like. totally. I've been, I don't know about you, but I was like raised very much in a mentality that was like, if I don't work, I'm going to die. Like it was very much that ingrained in me. So mm-hmm. like since college, I've been working full time. And so I've like maintained that life, but then obviously I like discovered comedy. So then I, and obviously like a, any cult, you kind of like start and then you just, you're, you kind of <laughs> ramp up and then your time and money and everything that you put into it just goes up and up and up and up. Yeah. But the, with work too, it's like, you put in the same amount, if not more hours as you get 
more senior in your role. So it was like this thing where I was like, just increasingly gets getting stretched thinner and thinner. And then obviously this past year, I had this like whole awakening about the world and capitalism and everything like that. (laughs) And it was just like, Oh, I it's, I'm kind of just like forcing myself to do both things. And it's not actually Mm -hmm. true. Like I don't have to necessarily work a 40 hour work week to survive. I mean, it helps, but I don't need it. I'm not going to die yeah. tomorrow if I like stop working at a tech company, you know? So there's yeah. like that awakening where I was like, oh, I can actually like take a break and it's okay to take a break. Like, I think it just felt not okay for my whole life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I completely understand that. My family is very similar. It was just like, well, you have two working hands and two working legs. Like you should be doing something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But what if that thing wasn't, um, being like a marketing manager yeah. like what if it could be something yeah, else <laughs> totally so yeah. it's really that awakening where i was like oh maybe i can just quit and not do something for a second and just try yeah. to do creative things for a little bit and see how that goes and if that doesn't go well then i can always go back to a full-time job right yeah yeah exactly you're like oh i i can i can do it i think it's just that i can yeah so like I know like in the pandemic, you found like other uh, outlets for some creative stuff and you've like been doing a lot of TikTok stuff, especially. Did you just like kind of do it on a whim and and started to blow up or was it like intentional when you were like, I'm going to try to win TikTok? (laughs) No, definitely not intentional. I, well, I think that because I started kind of late, like when the pandemic hit, I felt like a lot of people started doing online stuff, which made sense Yeah, because what else are we doing? We're like sitting at home. Um, It's all we have. It's all we have. have. (laughs) (laughs) Let me have this one thing. Um, But I, at the time, like when everyone else was doing it, I just really, I didn't feel funny. Like, I really didn't feel funny all of 2020. I think a lot of people probably feel the same way where I was like, I just don't feel creative. I don't feel like I can output anything right now. And then the beginning of this year, I took a leave. So I was kind of dipping my toes into quitting my job (laughs) and um, I was just so burnt out. And so then I, I wasn't working and I started thinking, and I always loved making little like shorts, you know, Mm -hmm. like online stuff, just like for friends and things. Um, and so then I was thinking, okay, well, what if I just start doing things for fun if I have an idea and I'll just put it on TikTok? That seems to be where things are headed. And so I just started kind of on a whim making things very quickly. Just if I had an idea, I like wouldn't script it out or anything. I just was like, okay, I'll just do it. Um, and then one specific one got traction. Um, and I like suddenly got people following me and I was like, Oh, now I have an audience. And then I was like, Oh, what if I just start actually using this as like a way to do sketch comedy? Yeah. And so it just kind of like increasingly became what it is now, which is like, Oh, I'm just going to write things and make them and I'll put them out if I think they're funny. And basically all these old sketch ideas I had in my notebook, I was like, I could just do this in a video format. Interesting. It's great. And like yeah. one minute, I can't do a full, you know, five page thing, but I could do like a really quick, like snappy thing that can be shared. Yeah. That's kind of how that yeah. started. It had, I had no intention behind it. I just, I guess had time and was yeah. starting to feel a little bit funny again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, did you find that like having that outlet, like made you like feel a little bit more funnier as you started to do more or like, have you, like I personally, all of 2020 have been just like kind of bogged down and just like, I know that I'm funny. 
I know that like when I, I can like have conversations and like uh, make people laugh, but like the actual, like sitting down and like making of like writing a joke has just been like such a like mountain. I feel. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes it's like work begets work, right? Like once you get on a roll, it gets easier. Have you found that or is it still like, kind of like, you know, go back and forth on that? I definitely go back and forth. I think, especially with the nature of online comedy and now that it's Mm -hmm. attached to my face, which I don't, that was not my intention. Like I wasn't, I'm not trying to (laughs) become an actor. And so, um, there's like a whole host of, I don't know, personal things I have to work through when it comes to like internet, (laughs) quote unquote, like fame. Um, But I do think that when I was initially starting making these videos, it absolutely encouraged me to do the next one. Like it did kind of feel easier as I did it because I was like, oh, now I kind of get like the format and I understand like what what beats I need to hit or whatever. Like it Mm -hmm. just felt like I was figuring it out. And Mm -hmm. obviously with this stuff, I don't want to say like, I want to say I'm doing it for myself, but obviously getting attention is like nice. It's like a (laughs) nice little external validation. And so yeah, uh, increasingly as I got more positive feedback, I was like, well, I can do this and it'll be seen by people, not just like my 20 of my friends, which is great too, but it's like, oh, I'm like working for something. And so I do think it like helped give me something to work towards if, if anything, yeah. I mean, really yeah. beginning of 2021, it was still, it was so unsure. Like we don't know when vaccines are really going to be I know, yeah. distributed. I was like, I don't know if we'll have live theater in the summer. Like I didn't know when I would be able to do anything again. And it had been like a year since I've been done anything. So mm-hmm. it really felt like this place where I could just let something out. Yeah. <laughs> just do something. Mean, <laughs> the validation is real. I mean, it's the difference between doing an open mic and doing like a packed show, right? you know, or like doing a show for just like five other, like the other team yes, improvisers exactly. and then, or like doing an actual like sold out show. Exactly. Um, it makes a big difference. Totally. I mean, all, we're all, like, all comedians just want a little bit of validation. It's like, do you think that was good? <laughs> Did you guys? Like Did you like it? Do you like know. me? Do you think I'm funny? <laughs> have you um have you done any live stuff since like vaccine and like things like opening up again? I haven't, but have you? I have. I've done yeah. some improv shows, and um, to be honest, I know this is this podcast or this season is about swerving, and <laughs> I will say coming back to live theater post a year and plus of no live theater. I think I'm for myself learning that I don't need to do live theater. Um, yeah. I love live. I, I love seeing it. I love like, I love seeing a great show, both stand up mm-hmm. and like a, an amazing improv show. There's like nothing better, you know? Yeah. But I'm like increasingly finding that I, I don't need to do it. I think I, I'm more of a writer and I think that has been my learning coming back for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. I've kind of felt the same way. I also think that, at least because I'm not a stand-up comedian, I'm like, it, as an improviser, it's like the the theaters are, a lot of theaters are gone. Like spaces to do yeah. it where we were doing it are just not there anymore. Um, yeah. And so the spaces where we are doing it are different. They're not necessarily built for improv, which is fine. Like, you know, improv is such a specific art form. So it just feels like coming back to it, it's not the same. I also think that it's like, Stand up is 
great because you get to write it. People are, you can work on it. Mm-hmm. Like, and improv, it's like, none of us have been practicing and rehearsing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's true. just like the muscle has for me just gone. It's like left my body. <laughs> and so I do think it's, it feels very weird. Like it feels just different. Yeah. And I think I have all my memories of improv. They're like shiny and <laughs> wonderful and warm. And it just doesn't feel the same. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is just a sign. It's not for me. That's okay. Yeah. Also, like, you know, people change. Totally. You know, I used to be really into the band Yellow Card, and I'm not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't mean Oh, things. interesting, because I love it. <laughs> I love them still. <laughs> I have a Yellow Card tattoo. Do you know that? No. It's so embarrassing. <gasps> Oh, I should be arrested. It's embarrassing. Time, it's highly embarrassing. The, not to completely harp on this, but at the time was because I really I did only know yellow cards like hit. Yeah. Like at the time, did you think that yellow card was going to be like like a band that really stood the test of time? Like you're like this is gonna yeah make sense. An electric violin. What is there <laughs> not to love? <laughs> Like I get, I get it. Cause you're just like, yeah, this will stand the test. Like these lyrics mean something to me mm-hmm. and it's never going to be embarrassing that it's yellow. Card. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I also was like 18. So, you know, yeah. Like- I mean, <laughs> I did not doubt that you were in your teens when this happened. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's, but the good thing at least is you would never know it just by looking at it. I have right. to tell you the story. It's not like yeah. I have the yellow card like logo or something. Exactly. <laughs> I truly would never know. <laughs> but I actually do have a Blink-182 logo on my ass. Not, just <laughs> yeah, but that they have stood the test of time. <laughs> That's <know>? true. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's It's just so funny how like, perspectives change and like what is fulfilling to you for certain points is maybe not so and and it's not that like you don't still appreciate the art form right of yellow card totally. or improv um <laughs> but it is like you know maybe that's just not scratching the itch that that once did totally do you know what's interesting i feel like i feel like a lot of people especially moving to new york they start doing like improv or whatever stand up <laughs> younger yeah like young and they like kind of age out of comedy like they're just like oh actually like that was just like a moment in time and they like figure out yeah. what they want to do next and what i think is so fascinating is i didn't start doing i've always loved comedy like growing up but i didn't i was very shy and i just didn't think that was something i could do and so what i think is fascinating is i like discovered it in my mid twenties, really like improv. And like, since then increasingly have started doing more. And as I get older, it's like a journey of me admitting to myself that I want to do comedy. Yeah. And so I like, feel like I'm on an opposite track than a lot of other people who like are like, Oh, that was like fun and whatever. But I'm realizing there's more to life. And I'm just like the other side, (laughs) which is like increasingly being like, I just want to make, dumb funny things like as I get older yeah. which I think is so interesting <laughs> I completely relate to that I also started when I was like in my mid-20s I, I didn't yeah. move to New York till I was 25 and then it was like right. accepting that it's okay to like kind of try something different than maybe like what everyone expects from me <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean I was in San Francisco so comedy really barely existed 
in in a way. Um, I mean, like it exists, but it's in a way where it's like not it's not really central to that scene. <laughs> and so I similarly graduated and my parents obviously were like, you're an adult now. Like mm-hmm. you're working to eventually buy a home and have a family, yeah. you know, like that's it's like, like what was in my head. Like- yeah. <laughs> At 22, I was like, I need to save for retirement. Yeah. Um, and that's what happiness is. And so it was just like for the first couple of years after college, it was like, I'm working. I'm a, I'm a lady who's an entrepreneur and <laughs> <laughs> working in tech, like just trying to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where like, it took a couple of years for me to be like, Hey, I've always wanted to try. Yeah. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, why am I not trying it, If anything, I'll make friends through it. Yeah. But I need to try. And that's like literally how it started. But it, it like didn't even sink in that that's a thing I could do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's, it is funny. I had like a coming out uh, conversation with my mom when I decided to like start doing comedy where I was like, listen, I've always been interested in this. And I'm just (laughs) like realizing now that like, it's really something that I need to pursue to be true to myself. And my mom was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did your, did your mom like know what even like that means? Cause like my parents have no idea when I start taking improv classes, they're like, we don't know what any of those words mean. We <laughs> like the word classes. Yeah. Like that's school. Good. School. Good. But then otherwise they're like, we don't know what improv is. Yeah. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think my mom did a little bit because I, I did improv in high school. We had an after school club. Oh, that okay. was an improv club. Wow. And so I did it for like two years when I was like 14 years old and it was like short form. Um, so I think she kind of knew. Also, like I also was going into like filmmaking at the same time. And my mm-hmm. whole goal was to be like, a, I want to make comedy films and television. And uh, so I kind of just explained it that way and less about like improv. Although that was like where I first really started just doing sketch and improv on like full time cult level for like a few years. And then that <laughs> right. like wore off. Then I started doing stand up. And then now that's the pandemic kind of like nipped that <laughs> just right. like, I don't podcast. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the beautiful, you know, um, the evolution, like yeah, the, like the chart of the evolution of the guys yeah. like become yeah, like of the <laughs> caveman to human. It's like that. It's like improv to sketch, to stand up, to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, how did, how did like, have your parents ever come and seen you do, are they in San Francisco still? They're in San Francisco. So when I was in San Francisco, I was like on a Herald team there. Oh, cool. Um, and I will say like the, the word Herald team has a very different weight <laughs> in San Francisco than it does yeah. here or like LA. Um, but I was like on a team there and then basically halfway through the season, I was like, I'm moving to New York. <laughs> this is later. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, my last show in San Francisco, I basically, or maybe it was my second to last show. I, told my parents I'm like are you really not gonna come see me perform yeah before I leave because like I don't know if at this rate you might never see me before I basically guilted them into coming (laughs) and so they did come to one of my last shows in San Francisco and uh they were a hundred percent (laughs) confused like they're watching and they're like we don't know what this is like we don't understand why like you do a thing and then you leave and they come back. Like they couldn't get it. Like they're like, I don't know what a second beat is like, whatever. <laughs> um, and I was like, fair enough, fair enough. Sure. Um, but then 
when I got on to Lloyd Knight at UCB here, um, I guilted them again. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I made it onto a UCB team. Like, who knows if I might get cut soon? <laughs> I don't know. And so they actually flew out with the purpose of like partially seeing me perform mostly because they wanted to see a lot of Broadway musicals, <laughs> but they kind of like slipped it in there. And so they did actually see me perform both in San Francisco and oh, that's fine. Um, here. Once again, they're like, I don't know. Don't get it. <laughs> what's going on. It seems like you're at a slightly bigger theater with more people. That's great. Um, but otherwise, I don't know what this is, but you look like you're having fun. It was like one of those. <laughs> that's nice. It sounds like blissfully blindly supporting just like this is nice good for you we have no idea absolutely what it is. <laughs> yeah like everything i've ever done that's comedy related and they see it they're like that's nice like <laughs> that's good for you and then every time they go like maybe don't quit your job and so really this summer was kind of like the last straw that yeah. was like, okay she's quitting her job yeah. <laughs> it's there you know what there, there will always be jobs especially you know in in the tech world, like yeah. listen, that, I feel like that's the appease to the parents. Like, listen, if this crashes exactly. and burns, I'll just go back in a year. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. I think they also understand that now. They're like, we get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. do what you need to do, but you can always go back. Also, like, it's the end of the world. This is the time to I do it. Truly, that I didn't realize how much it had sunk in for them too, because they're like, after 2020, and I was like, whoa, 2020 was really like a year where we all changed. Yeah. If my Asian parents are like, if you need to quit your job to be happy fine and i was like okay 2020 really did a number on all of us yeah, seriously so like we're all going through a collective just like mental breakdown <laughs> totally i'm like wow, it's, it's so fun though i saw that you had that was that your parents that you guys did a dance video together for the, the yeah be gone dance yes <laughs> that's so cute yes. it was very cute my dad was like asked my sister when i was not home behind my back he was like can you show me jenny's tiktoks because he like kind of heard here and there that like I, i'm getting a little bit of traction yeah and so my sister showed it to him and he was like apparently his he was like i don't get it <laughs> like classic like my parents were like we don't get it um and also classic my parents they were like i think each video is too long which to me is insane because every video is truly 59 seconds long <laughs> and so um, they they literally had like immediately like criticism, which was like yeah, make it a little shorter, make it a little faster, make it a little shorter. Um, but then I came back and my dad's like, can I be in one? And I was like, do you want to be in one? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want me to write something for you? And you have to memorize lines. And he was like, sure. Of course, the second I start actually talking about how he has to act, he was like, never mind. Like, it's one of those things where yeah. he like promises too much. Yeah. And then I was like, how about if we did a dance video? Yeah. He's like, easy peasy. Yeah. And so then I showed him a couple dance videos and then he, I was like, do it. Like, he just showed me how you would do it. And then he's like, actually, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so he like backed out. And then I was like, how about we do a video where I just try to teach you a dance five minutes max. Yeah. That's it. And he's like, I will give you five minutes. And that's the video that we ended up with. <laughs> hey, it worked out really well. It did. It was very sweet. It was just, I thought it was funny that he was even willing to do it. I, honestly. It sounds like your dad wants to be a TikTok influencer. Yeah. I mean, I think part of him is like, <laughs> whatever it'll take to help Jenny out, I'll do it. <laughs> like, I will lay down my pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this will help her um, become a comedian, then I'll do it. <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh, man. I, I have this like theory, though, that like one day you're just going to be on the For You page and you're going to stumble across your dad's own TikTok account where he has like <laughs> 3.8 million followers. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like him just like not understanding how anything is. Yeah. It's like the camera. But all the videos are like tight 30 seconds. 
fast. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good editing. <laughs> really well done. Like yeah. highly produced. This is basically like the avatar of TikToks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, I would love that. That's so fun. So, so you did like sketch live too. Like you did Mod Night, right? Yeah, but I was a writer. I'm not an yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I loved it. Like, I really think that that ultimately that was my, when I moved to New York, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I want to write yeah. a sketch. Um, but before I moved, I wrote a musical in San Francisco, really? like a comedy musical. Oh, yeah. That's fun. And that was like truly my first script I'd ever written, which mm-hmm. is a little bit cuckoo bananas that I wrote, like co-wrote a 75 minute musical as my first that writing is, project. Like I didn't, I didn't know how our scripts were formatted. And I also didn't know there were script writing like software, the softwares that you can use that are not that expensive. And so we wrote it in a Google doc. We like manually formatted the script. Cause like, that's how much I didn't know. Yeah. The first um, script I ever wrote, I wrote a feature film and I did the same exact thing. I wrote it in word. Oh my And then like God. I later, like two years later, typed it into like final draft. <laughs> and like, it's, I think back on the amount of times I was just like All the spacing things yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> crazy um but that was like my first introduction to writing and yeah. i was just like whoa i love it i want to write stuff and i was like i specifically i love sketch comedy mm-hmm. I, like, I want to like take writing courses which aren't they exist but there aren't a lot of them in san francisco right. and i like moved out to new york and then i found out about ucb and mon night because i obviously knew about harold night but not mon night and i was like my goal is to get on mon night yeah um and so yeah i used to i got on Mon night. Um, I was only on it for like six months total, but mm-hmm. um, it was like truly. I was like, this is my. I mean, it was so much work. Yeah, <laughs> so much work. But I was like, oh, this is what I like doing. Yeah. I like writing, and I like not having to memorize lines and act. I like <laughs> that I can just give it to people who can do that. Yeah, better than me. And then I'm like, you got this. <laughs> and writing is it's a shit ton of work to be a sketch writer. It's so much work. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did boogie for three years. And mm-hmm. I was an actor, but I, I applied as both. And then they were like, you can't do both, but you can pick, but like, we'll take you for either one. And then I like sat thought long and hard about it. And I was like, I just don't know if I have the time to go to all these writers meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so just, it's double the meetings. It really is. It's like, yeah. Writers have to, I mean, most times depending on the team, like actors will go to all of them, but it's not required. Yeah. Well, it's like writers have to be at like all the writing meetings, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I realize is when you're a writer also, and you're not acting, yeah. you really get none of the glory. And so then after the show, you know, you get your I'm name like, on a little slide. Yeah. On the yeah. Projector. I, yeah, exactly. And that's how you know that I really like it. If I'm like, that's where I belong, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, yeah, like you get none of the glory. You have to like yeah. work extra hard. Pacing backstage, like, listening for yeah. the laughs. <laughs> well, literally, I'm just like, you're just like, oh my God, please laugh. Please laugh. Like that's all you're doing. You're <laughs> yeah. like, please, 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 please. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. Were you really into like musicals or in high school were you really into like SNL in high school like growing up like how did you like kind of get the impetus to want to do like comedy writing yeah I grew up watching sketch comedy Mm -hmm. like but it was specifically Japanese sketch comedy okay because like in Japan there's a lot of sketch comedy like boy bands have shows like pop groups have shows Mm -hmm. and then so there was this one really famous boy band like number one boy band in like the nineties 
and they have a half sketch show, half cooking show, like a cooking competition <laughs> right. show where they cook. They're musicians, but yeah. they have a comedy it's, show and a cooking show. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, when I say musicians, it's like musicians very last. Like if yeah. anything, they're like entertainers first. They're not good at singing or dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they were fantastic sketch actors. And so they, we would... I would like watch a ton of Japanese sketch comedy with my parents. Mm-hmm. And then that transitioned to like American sketch comedy where I was watching like all that. Yeah. And then that changed to Mad TV. And then I graduated to SNL. You know, I was like, yep. I was watching all of those. Mm-hmm. And so I love, love, love sketch comedy. Like I really, it's just so strange to like love it this much. But I'm like sketch comedy is like the mode that I love, like the format that I love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I like grew up like, you know, I didn't realize that not everyone was obsessed with sketch comedy in the way I was like, this is all a learning thing for me when I was like, oh, you don't think about SNL constantly. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so then I like, obviously had no idea. I went to UC Berkeley. So there's like, mm. not the a huge other UCB. Scene. <laughs> yeah, the other UCB, the one that's a lot less um, fun. <laughs> um, and so I like truly, if I had gone to a school where that existed I would have done it in college mm-hmm. but like there really isn't much of a comedy scene so it really took till UCB for me to like actually be able to do what I wanted yeah. to do <laughs> I'm surprised the school as yeah. big as UC Berkeley doesn't have like at least one sad improv team or something oh they definitely have an improv team oh okay they didn't have but sketch. they don't have like sketch yeah because yeah, I like I was really shy so I didn't want to also, you don't, you just audition. Yeah. Like there's, there's no classes. Like, you just show up. No. And then someone who's like a senior teaches you how to do a hair. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I didn't want to audition. Cause I was like, I truly don't know other than yes. And I don't know anything about improv. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to audition. I'm going to get cut. Yeah. And so then I didn't audition and then I would have absolutely applied for like a writing position, but there was like no writing thing. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, I guess I'll wait till my late twenties. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of that for now. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, exactly. Another eight years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was my journey to sketch comedy. <laughs> so where you were, uh, did you start doing sketch then in San Francisco, or or not till you really got to New York? Yeah, it was really till UCB. Yeah, but like you, I wrote you did a musical before I wrote a sketch. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. How um? So how did you like even think to write a musical then? So um, my friend Pat like wrote a musical and got funding for it oh, wow. the year before. So there was like a, and it, cause it was like a San Francisco, like making fun of tech culture kind of thing. Cool. And then the year following, he didn't want to write it. So he was like, um, opened it to like people applying mm-hmm. for writer positions. And so then, um, my friend convinced me to apply with him. And so we like wrote like a t- submission together mm-hmm. Once again, not having written anything before, we like wrote it in a Google Doc, like a two-page thing, and then sent it off. And uh, we got it. And so it was me, him, and then uh, Sarah Cooper, famously oh, Sarah right, Cooper, right. <laughs> TikTok star slash Netflix star <laughs> slash like author. Um, so it's like the three of us who co-wrote it um and so it wasn't like our it wasn't like my idea to write a musical right. it's just like i applied to write for a musical right okay and so it wasn't like idea. one day you were like i'm gonna write a musical <laughs> and oh, then no, just no, no. hit the ground running <laughs> no but i i do love musicals so it was kind of nice yeah. i was like i just love i grew up loving musicals so it was just fun to do yeah that's really fun have you seen not to get like fully off topic but have you seen um uh doug weidick and ken mcgraw's uh toxic masculinity musical 
No, but I remember when uh, I was running and I was like, I have to go. And I just like, that was a time when I was just, I didn't want to go to UCB anymore or like the theaters anymore. Cause I was like, I'm in a theater all the time. Yeah. So like nights where I don't have to do something, I would like to just like sit yeah. outside yeah. <laughs> and enjoy sunlight. Um, <laughs> but no, I missed it. Yeah. It, it was really good. I, I talked to um, Doug last season for this podcast and he was just like telling me their whole process of writing it. And I was like, that sounds insane. We yeah, all the songs plus the whole story. There's a lot to do. Yeah, there is so much to do. I worked on army, and I didn't even write the music. I would we would kind of outline what we want to accomplish and like mm-hmm. what tone we want. But then we would we had like a a person who like actually knows music, yeah. like compose the music <laughs> and like the lyrics, and then we would like work through the lyrics. But like, it is so much work <laughs> to write a musical. Yeah, because it's just so many parts, and then you have a choreographer come. It's just like so many pieces. Yeah. To it. That's huge. That was quite a learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a good, like, first kind of peek into, like, that world of, I mean, then when you get to sketch comedy, especially live sketch comedy, turning around a 30-minute show in three weeks is not quite on that level, but it is, it's, it is kind of a lot. Like, you get used to it, but when you really think about it, it's like, yeah, we, like, put out a 30-minute show every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's a, a big group lot. effort. It's a lot though. I mean, you need, but you need everyone to do it. Like you're like, we need everyone to pull their weight. Mm-hmm. It's like an agreement. Like we're all going to do the thing we say we're going to yeah, do. Y'all got to show up. You got to know your lines. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you have to like, someone has to go get the props that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's like, going to make the print directors. Out. Someone's going to yeah, print. Someone's, <laughs> the everyone's going to print, which like <laughs> at that point was me. Cause I had an office. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. Um, it's, it is a lot of work. Like, I think, I think about this all the time, what my schedule and I'm sure what your schedule was mm-hmm. pre-pandemic was probably cuckoo bananas. Mm-hmm. Like if I look at my Google calendar at the time, yeah. it was just like every night, like something, some rehearsal, some meeting. And I think about like how I was also, you know, probably pumping out like three completed sketches per month. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot. Like, yeah. To, to be pumping out like regularly, like editing, rewriting, whatever. And like having like three sketches that you're like, I'm pretty proud of these three. Mm-hmm. What will stage one of them. And then at the time, at, all, at the same time, I was like performing, doing improv and like rehearsing for yeah. that too and working full time. And then also just trying to like work out and have like a life, you know? Yeah. I don't know how I was doing it. Like, I truly don't know how I was doing it. I think I couldn't do it now. I literally, I think about this a lot uh, because it's truly like I would have maybe one night off a week, maybe, but like my entire like life as a human outside of work and comedy was literally from like the, the one or two hours after rehearsal or after a show where I would allow myself to like, go get a drink with people. Like my whole life was lived between like 10 PM and midnight. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even give myself the one drink because I was like, I have to go home yeah. so I can sleep, so I can work out in the morning before work Jesus. because that's something I have to do. Yeah. You know, like in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to, but I was just like, well, Jenny, you got to be like, you know, an adult and yeah. work, do your run class or whatever. It is crazy. Like when I think about too, like now that I'm doing a lot less, I still, I still am doing like a decent amount of stuff when I actually think about it in relation to like how much some people spend on their outside of work activities, whether it's comedy or whatever, like they're outside of their nine to five. I still do a ton of stuff, but like having a life wise, especially hanging out with friends, I have to try so much harder now to like 
schedule plans because before yeah. it was always just like, oh, well, I see these people four times a week at right. shows, rehearsals, whatever. And it's like, oh, now I have to actually like be like, oh, guys, do you want to hang out? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's like more, you have to just be so much more intentional with everything now. Yeah. It just isn't structured in the way it was. Yeah. Like literally everything, socializing, being creative, like everything just feels like I have to be very intentional. Whereas before it was like almost passively happening to me. Yeah. It's like the show is set. You have to do it. It's like that. Or like you have a show. So you're going to see all your friends or you have rehearsals. You're going to see all your friends. And so you get to just hang out afterwards. And that just like, doesn't exist. So like, I feel like everything now, everything you just have to do it and set it up yourself or else it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, it's been an adjustment. I mean, the whole last two years have just been collectively a major adjustment (laughs) for the whole world. Yeah. But it is interesting to like, think about how, like, especially that do you find like, do you work well, like kind of solo writing or like you more of like a group, like writer's table tossing idea around person? Yeah, I work better in a group. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I that's I'm a little bit struggling right now creatively because I think I'm missing that. Like, I yeah. loved mod because you write alone, but you have to come back and then we all get to like riff on it. And so it's like nice to like do your own thing, come back. And then we all get to like read it together and then be like, I like this thing. Here's like an idea, blah, blah, blah. Like I miss the writer's room in that way. Um, it's cause I think that's the fun part. Like I firmly believe the action of writing, like typing alone on your computer. No one likes that process no. really. Yeah. What's fun is like the out- output, um, and like what you build together or like the joking around when you're sitting in a room together. And I really, really miss that. And I like, me too. really <laughs> wish I had a writing partner. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have one. And so like, it'd be nice to have just something, someone else to like riff with. Cause I think that's the fun part of comedy, <laughs> building a thing together. I, I completely agree. I, um, and I used to kind of like beat myself up a little bit about not being someone who can just be like, I'm going to sit down alone and come up with three sketch ideas and write three yeah. sketches. It's like, no, like I, I can do the writing of like a first pass on my own, but it's like, I really would love to just sort of like brainstorm ideas with people. Yeah. (laughs) I always used to beat myself up for not being like a sort of solo worker like that. Um, And then I listened to Satina Faye was on a podcast. She was just straight up. Like she, she literally kept saying, she's like, I don't work a single. She's like, I have to have a writing partner. Like people think that I'm a genius. I'm not. I just, I need a writing partner. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I respect that so much. And she also said in that, she was like, writing isn't fun. Fun. The fun of writing is after you're done. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> Great. I firmly believe in that. Like, I just, I'm like, I say that I like writing, but I don't like writing. I like building the thing and then seeing the output at the end. Like I like putting together the fun thing is seeing at the end where you're like, this is great. Like the acting's great, whatever. I think that act of writing, especially writing alone Mm -hmm. is not fun. Yeah. It's a drudgery. (laughs) It's such a drudgery. Every once in a while, like, I guess sometimes there have been moments I'll admit, maybe this is like a little bit of hubris where I'm like working on something and I'm just like, this is so fucking good. (laughs) And then, but then, and that's fun. I'm like, wow, I'm fucking crushing it. And then you read it back like a week later and you're like, oh, this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will say every first draft is like, you're writing it and you're like, okay, I think this could maybe be a thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's pretty good. And then you hear it right out loud and then you're like, (laughs) <laughs> it's the first draft. Yeah. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. 
I want to find a writing partner. So if anyone's out there, let me know. Oh my God. We should make a Tinder for writing partners. I truly would love that. That would be wild. You just like, you're swiping like, and it's like people's like reels or like, yeah, they're They're like like social media. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I was going to say like this Tinder would have like 20 people on it. (laughs) It's like so small. Like no one's on it. No one else is on it. Yeah. Yeah, It's really sad. It's just like all people we already know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is like, I, uh, I really have been like, I I definitely missing that collaborative sort of like community based work thing during pandemic. And I guess like, you know, there are ways to make it work, but it's definitely been an adjustment for me. It's made me kind of sad. (laughs) It is sad. I mean, at at the beginning of the pandemic, I think a lot of us were trying to to do like zoom things Mm -hmm. where we're like, yeah, kind of like meet up and read, but it's like, when you're, when you're not really working towards something, mm-hmm. whereas before we were like collectively working towards one show or whatever yeah. it is. And then it just became like, we're kind of doing it to feel something because the world is shut down and we're just like, we can't physically be in a room together. It did feel just like the joy was, it just felt like we weren't working towards anything. The joy just like was gone. And I mean, obviously 2020 was hard. And so I do, I really do miss like those innocent days when you're just kind of like, collaborating and like building a thing and like actually putting it on by the end of the month. Yeah. Um, that was really nice. Yeah. It, it, I actually like haven't really noticed until this conversation, just how like, there's not really a ton of like live sketch in the city right now either. There's like a, a little bit. Yeah. There's a tiny bit. I do think that just like in general, live theater is just having its kind of like Weird. moment where people are figuring it out. Yeah. Like it feels very like everything is indie scene right now. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm saying like, I'm not saying, I mean, quality, like everyone's doing shows. It's wonderful, but it feels like everyone's relearning how to do it. Yeah. Including, and also obviously with all the variants and whatever, like it's Who just knows weird. What's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And so it does feel just like this weird transition period where we're definitely not back. And, um, we're also just being like, is this going to work again? Yeah. Like, I don't remember. Like, what's work. even funny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so it does. And I do think people are just moving online because that is where the eyeballs are. And so things yeah. are just shifting. It is. You know what is funny to me? Like if I were to do a show two years ago mm-hmm. and there were 50 people there, I would be like psyched. I would like, oh, Absolutely. this is going to be awesome. There are 50 people, like not, not like, a, you know, 50 people is a lot of people. Right. But like if I were to like spend the time and I would arguably spend just as much, if not less time preparing for the live show for 50 people. But if I were to like, or if not more time, preparing for the live show but if i were to make a video like a sketch video and put it on youtube and it only gets 50 views i'm fucking mm-hmm. pissed oh yeah but it's like it's the same amount of people yeah i wonder i don't know where i'm trying to go with this i, I mean there's some weird like mental maybe it's because you know that the theater can only fit like you know 100 people or something so it's half full right. versus like the internet could be potentially the entire world <laughs> right but i will say so i think like before pandemic i would have loved doing a show for 50 people, right? Like right. I was actively doing shows for like a hundred yeah. whatever people a month. And like I would do it and then it would go on YouTube and at best it'll get 300 views. Yeah. And probably 
50 of those are my family. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, and I was fine with that. I loved it. And uh-huh. like, that was, it felt so good to be in the theater. And I think then the pandemic hit and now it feels like, well, then I did internet stuff uh-huh. and I suddenly am getting hundreds of thousands of views on some, st- on some things. Yeah. And it arguably takes less effort because it's just me. Not that I need to be the one acting in it, but it, in the pandemic, I was the only actor I could hire that's in my pod. (laughs) Um, and like, I, I think that like now it just seems like effort and reward has switched in my head where I'm like, Oh, instead of putting all this effort into doing a show for Mm -hmm. arguably 50 people, because theaters are just smaller right now. And Mm -hmm. like more, the capacity is more limited. I rather put that effort into doing an internet sketch thing Yeah, that could possibly get thousands of people looking at it. Yeah. That's like, that switch has happened in my head. It's like effort reward has switched. That's interesting. Yeah. Is that, uh, do you find it like, even though it's switched, is it fulfilling in a different way or the same way? No, it's very different. It's very, very different. Like, I mean, the feeling of being in a theater, a packed theater and getting a laugh. There's like, it's like, a drug. It really is a drug. You're just like, like put it direct in my veins. Yeah. Like I like could live off of that. Yeah. But it's hard now. It's just not the same theaters. And it's once again, like mm-hmm. I'm out of practice. And so I'm just not getting the last. And, um, so I do miss that feeling, but it's maybe just cause I'm not getting it in my, in the performances I'm doing now, but online, it's very different. It's like, um, it obviously doesn't feel immediate in the same way. It doesn't feel intimate in the same way. But the cool thing is when something resonates so much with people, they like, like strangers from like random parts of the country reach out. They're like, I love this thing, you know? And I'm like, that's also cool. Like I never got to do that. Yeah, that's true. You're getting like feedback from like across the world. Right. You know, the difference is when it's (laughs) negative, they also say it. At a live show, no one would be like, boo, put your sketch away like during the show. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like the show ends, no one's going to come up to me. Like, I know you're the writer and I did like that. But yeah. like <laughs> online, they're like, this is boring. You know, like, <laughs> I, I get that feedback too. So yeah. it's very different. <laughs> I saw, um, this was just like some meme or something on Twitter today, but it was like someone commenting on someone, uh, a box, a boxer's tweet. This guy was like, you're the worst boxer of all time. You should just retire. And then the boxer replied and was like, Oh yeah, you want to come say that to my face? I'll fucking kick your ass. And then the guy replied, I know you would. That's why I'm saying it to you on Twitter, (laughs) which is like that, like that thing of like, yeah, people like don't there's, there's like, sometimes you can see like beautiful parts of humanity in the comment section, but a lot of the time it's like, Oh yeah. Just the way that no one would like throw a pie in your face. If you had a bad sketch at a live show, they're absolutely throwing a pie in your uh, TikTok comments. Oh yeah. (laughs) Always, always, you know? And that's when I'm like, that's right. That's what the internet is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh, right. This place is trash. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, once I get criticized, I'm like, this place is trash. (laughs) It's only good when I say it's good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you don't love me, this place is trash. (laughs) Man, that must be, I know that I get a little bit scared just on my own. Like, I don't have like a big following on any social media, like max, like 2000 people, you know, Mm -hmm. on any given like platform. But like, I once had a tweet go viral one time. And it made me so scared. Like I was terrified the whole time. Do you like, do you like freak out when you have one like really pop off? Cause I would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say, I mean, I've been really struggling with this the, since things have started kind of 
maybe like more eyes are on my things than before. Mm-hmm. Like that, this has been a summer of me, like a learning curve because it just, it, I think I like panic about um, maybe providing a little too much information about my neighborhood, like where I live um, or like anything like that. I also think that there is this very real thing that is a paras- building a parasocial relationship with the person where like, I think that like, I obviously portray myself a certain way on the internet and I, I'm always just like, that's not fully who I am. Like, that's just like my sense of humor and the the things I produce. And I think, um, people get maybe attached to like my internet personality. And I think it's like, that's been a fascinating journey too, where I'm like, Oh man, like I, I, I'm not always on, like, I'm not always just like a character. And so I think that's been a kind of like a struggle internally for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also do think that, I just get anxious letting people down, like the people pleaser in me and like the um, achievement oriented person in me is always anxious that like once I put something out and it does well, like the next thing I'm going to let everyone down. Like that's always, I'm like apologetic almost when I put things out because I'm so nervous that I'm going to like disappoint these like strangers. And so like, for sure, it's like, it's it's a, such a weird experience. I also had one tweet. I'm not very good, good at Twitter and I also like rarely tweet, but I had one tweet go viral um earlier in the summer and this is before I was like kind of like also having my videos get attention. And I think Twitter is really scary. Like I remember yeah. when the tweet went viral, that was like a whole different experience than on other platforms. I don't know about you, but it was like I very quickly muted it and I very quickly decided not to look at it because I like knew that I was only going to feel bad about myself Yeah, if I saw what was going on and it got picked up by Buzzfeed and Buzzfeed said that I was, I was on a list that says biggest fails of the week for my tweet. And my tweet was like, not a fail. I was like, it wasn't a fail. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And they don't tell you at all that they're going to put you on there. Like I had no idea. And then someone like, screenshot it and they're like did you know you're on BuzzFeed and I was mm-hmm. like I had truly no idea like I didn't know at all because I don't look at BuzzFeed um and it was very very strange and I like wasn't good at that point so I did look at the comments and I was it didn't make me feel good I get comments on my like looks based on my one my profile picture stuff like that where I'm like ugh, I just yeah Twitter is particularly disgusting it really yeah. is scary yeah it's like a garbage place. It really is. <laughs> Once it like leaves your little bubble that mm-hmm. you're in, safe yeah. little bubble, and it gets to like the masses, it's just horrifying. Yeah. In that way, that's why I'm like, I think a lot of me recently in the last year or so has been like, I don't want to go viral. Yeah. I think that would be like not good for my mental health. I just want to yeah. be a faceless writer, a faceless person behind a podcast mic. But like, Absolutely. I, I mean that. My dream is to be a faceless writer. You know, I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff so I can become a faceless yeah. writer. <laughs> you should start going by a pen name or something. That's literally what my mom has been telling me this, like, the whole, this for the past, like, year. She's like, just put it under a fake name. Mm-hmm. And I keep being like, it's too it's late. It's too late. <laughs> like, my face is out there. My name is out there. And it's also like, I have a very unique last name. Yeah. It's just like, it's out there. Yeah. It's too late. You can't take it back. You have to like yeah. completely delete your entire internet presence. Exactly. And even then I and think. And then like dye your hair, get a nose yeah. job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like <laughs> completely change. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. I think it's too late. So now I'm just like, okay, I just have to be very cognizant to like draw the lines Mm -hmm. of like how much I'm going to share about myself. Yeah. Like, um, how much I'm going to post. Um, although, and yeah, I think though it is good in some ways for like career wise, like for, for example, having a bit of a following has all these downsides from like, you know, all that crazy stuff we just mentioned, but also like could help get a foot in the door for like writing jobs or staff stuff. So it's like a double edged sword. I know. I don't, I don't actually know if it does, but I'm hoping it does. I mean, yeah, yeah, one can hope at minimum you can sell those cool lights that put constellations on the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I have had like, no, what are, what are those, the little toys, like the plushy toy, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's just like these little, like, um, they look like stuffed animals. I forgot what they're called, but they, I remember them reaching out to me and they're like, do you want to hawk our shit? Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, the last thing I want to do is be an influencer. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to send me a free one, I won't advertise it, but I'll, I'll like for sure use, like, look at it, (laughs) touch it. Um, (laughs) yeah. But I'm like, if you'll pay me to, yeah, I've seen some pretty bleak, uh, sponsored posts like that, especially like more, I I think, well, one, I spend way too much time on Twitter, but like on Twitter, someone will tweet something really sad and depressing and then you, and it's going viral. Then you click it. And then underneath it's like, buy this cool light. That'll make your room yeah. look like a constellation. Buy this sex toy, buy this plush. And it's like, right, right. Oh, no, <laughs> it's really I know. It is very dystopian. It really the world is. world that we live in. Like, it's just like people, everything can be monetized now. And so it is like a sad tweet will go viral. Mm-hmm. And then people will reach out to you and be like, can you put this thing in? And it's like, I'll pay you $50. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, just like do that. Yeah. It's weird. It definitely requires a bit more energy as far as like sort of managing your own, um, like tenants, what you're okay with. Totally. I mean, like, yes, I'm working on boundaries right now. Like I, yeah. today I just felt very overwhelmed by like existing on the internet <laughs> this morning. And so I was just like, have been off my phone. Like I, I've been in a different place than my phone mm-hmm. just so I like don't look at it. And that's been kind of nice. Like I want more days where I'm just like detaching from. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I, I am on Twitter all the time on my laptop. Like <laughs> I'm limiting it on my phone, but I'm not limiting it on my laptop. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look at it on Twitter all yeah. day. But like, I don't know. I, I am trying to be better about like kind of distancing myself um, from. Yeah my like internet persona or like existence. It's hard though, because especially in, you know, we're not in full lockdown anymore, but we are still a little bit cut off from like major socialization like we used to. And like, it is like a lifeline to connecting with people, but at the same time, it also is the line to all the craziness and all the shit that can really mess with your head. Absolutely. It's so, the internet is so weird. It's like, (laughs) it's really, I was thinking about, just like why I've developed more anxiety as I've gotten older, which mm-hmm. maybe that's natural, but I was just like this week thinking about that. And I realized I was like, why I was just so okay being alone in, in like high school, yeah. you know, and college. And then I was like, yeah, because social media was not what it is right now. No, there was no way to easily post what you were doing at all times. And now it's like, I could, I could generally know what people are doing or where they're at pretty easily if you're active on social media yeah. and that to me. And then I, you have this weird thing where you're like, you, you have to exist in both worlds, like the real world, but also this like fake world. Yeah. It's just so crazy that like 
children are being raised in this environment. Like all yeah. this stuff where I'm like, to have this be your reality where you've like had a phone in your face since you're a baby. Yeah. You just and then like, you like learn, learn to scroll. IPad when you're like six months old. Yeah. And you have like an Instagram as a child, like an Instagram account showing you growing up as a child. I'm like, what, what is yeah. the impact of this? Because like, as an adult, I'm struggling to yeah. deal with the impacts of it. And I'm actively doing this to myself. Like I know what I'm doing and I like think about it on my own and like talk to a therapist about it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so crazy because one, especially for what we do, wanting to be in comedy, wanting to work in entertainment, it does feel like you can't not have a presence. Yeah. Like if no one knows what the, what you're working on and what totally. kind of stuff you're making, then how are they ever going to hire you? But two, I find that on a personal level, I, I, I don't know if you notice this one within yourself, but I've noticed in myself, I start to have like parasocial relationships with people I know in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like, we are much closer than we are at the moment because I feel like we've been catching up and I know what they're up to, but actually I'm just looking at their Instagram stories. So we haven't 100%. actually caught up and like talked in like yeah. months. And it's yeah. like, Oh, that's, that's a real fucking problem. <laughs> it's, it's really real. Yeah. At the same time, I've met people via mm-hmm. the internet Yeah, that I wouldn't have met otherwise like through doing like other comedians and stuff. And then I'll try, I'm trying to be better about kind of pushing it to real life after the initial meeting. But so it is like a nice thing. Cause like you get to meet other funny people and there is something about like when they like the thing that you're putting on the internet, there's like some sort of like, I don't know, validation in that too, which is like, Oh, other f- funny people like my, the funny things that I'm doing. So it is like this, it could be a beginning of a relationship, but you're right. It's not real unless you like bring it to real life. Yeah. And it's very easy to just like keep it on the online. And then I'm like, is that real friendship or a relationship or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. It's so strange. It and really once again, is. I can't imagine what it's like to be like a preteen. Oh God. <laughs> like spending your time on Snapchat or whatever it is. And like seeing content like that. All the I time. would I not know. want to be like 12, 13 years old. Anytime in the last five, 10 years. Yeah. Like there, there were not, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 14. Yeah. Uh, and then the, even then there weren't apps on cell phones. Yeah. Until I was, was like just 20, calling. 21. Yeah. There was like <laughs> right. calling and texting and that was texting. texting and then like snake. Yeah. <laughs> you can play snake. Absolutely. I miss snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Um, but like, I mean, I guess there was like MySpace. But you had to like be home at your computer. And like, I had yes. AIM, right? Like instant yes. messaging. But you had, but to, you be had to be at home. Yeah. And you needed like a dial-up connection. You know, I guess maybe we're beyond dial-up then. But yeah. like, I I think about like beginnings of Facebook where you had to like yeah. get your phone and like connect it to your computer, your digital camera. Yeah. Sorry, not your phone, your digital camera. And yeah. like connect it to your laptop computer and then like download all the photos from it and then re-upload that it was like a whole journey to get a picture onto the internet yeah and it's not like and it's never when it's happening because that technology didn't exist so it didn't it people just weren't i don't know like actively there was just like less also of an internet persona at that time where like now you can curate before there was like less a sense of curating because there was no rules about that it was different like it was different. Do you remember E-Bombs World? I, I 
kind I kind of remember it was like flash cartoons like the like Adobe flash animations yeah and they were like they were probably the first like internet sketches that I remember seeing before YouTube I'm dating myself yeah (laughs) yeah 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 but like they were cartoons so like somebody created them and wrote them and animated them and they were funny they were sketches but like it's not like I was like seeing like a person right and like I was really obsessed with like, I don't know, salad fingers, which was like one yeah. of the cartoons, but like, I didn't like develop a weird like sense that salad fingers was my friend because he was right. a cartoon alien. <laughs> like, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so crazy. It is. It is. And I also think that like now almost like connecting with strangers is not, is not looked down upon. I feel like mm-hmm. when at that time I was like, I would literally never talk to a stranger on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to, why would I trust anyone? And because it was so anonymous. Room. You didn't ASL. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like even then, but I would like never talk, talk meet them in real life. Right. Yeah. And, and like, also my face wasn't on AIM. Mm-hmm. The other person's face is not AIM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just like this, like anonymous thing. And then it was over. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, it's attached to your name and your face. I don't know. All of it is just much more like open. Everyone knows everything. And like, Mm -hmm. you can like slide into someone's DMS and whatever. Like I just, it feels very strange. I I really, I mean, I've been, I've been like recognized a couple of times, like out and about, which is everyone is very lovely and wonderful and kind to me. But Uh I, afterwards I always have this moment of like, (gasps) they like know my name. They like know my full name. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just have this like kind of, I don't know, like a moment of reality hits me where I'm like, I don't know who that person is. And they like fully know now that I like came to this restaurant and ate and with my friend here, you know, and it's all very, everyone's been very nice, normal, kind people. And I Mm -hmm. like, don't think they're ever going to hurt me, but (laughs) I think it's just like that moment where I was like, that's right. I like just put stuff out on the internet and I don't know who's consuming it. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I think especially because the internet feels like such a lawless place where like you're producing the content, you're putting it out. It's under your name. Whereas if you were like, I don't know, an actor on a TV show, I feel like there's so much of a barrier between like, you can't just like go to like the settings on Netflix and like DM someone on a Netflix show, but like people can just like go to your profile when they're watching your same content and dm you and then have an immediate link to like try to talk to you if you if you respond which is it it takes like it takes some like step of like buffer out in in like the sort of creator to consumer relationship yeah and it does feel very personal because of it i think on both ends yeah yeah it's fascinating i really i thought a lot about this recently (laughs) yeah i um I can't even imagine like it, it's also like a struggle because like it's a creative outlet right and it's it's exactly something I, like, to do I love doing it like when I have an idea and I'm excited about it like mm-hmm. I love doing it and I like want to put it out as quickly as possible because I'm pr- proud of it and all that stuff and mm-hmm. like obviously everyone generally has been very very warm and kind and like nice to me mm-hmm. um I mean knock on wood I haven't been you know reposted on like the other side of the internet yet um, oh, I know yeah God. so it's been really great overall my experience and it like feels good mm-hmm. it feels good to like be able to do this stuff without a theater that does a live sketch show yeah every month but 
yeah, it is one of those things where it comes with its own host of like psychological things that you have to deal with and like remembering to distance yourself, your value and Mm -hmm. your own sense of self away from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's with any work. I think any creative work, I think you have to like learn to distance yourself from that work or at least your self-worth. Like I'm more than just this thing I wrote. Like if this doesn't go over well, it's okay. I'm still worth worthy as a person. It's like that struggle, I guess. Yeah. 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 It it is tough, especially like you said, like it being so personal, like just like being like, this is, I wrote a dud. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's okay. That's life. (laughs) Um, so do you like, now that you're like really pursuing comedy and writing, do you have any like clear direction of like, Oh, I'm like leaning into this one area or are you like kind of dabbling maybe like, you know, still doing the TikTok and internet like stuff, writing some like longer form things. Where, where's your head at just at this moment? I think that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah. I will continue to do the online stuff because I, it is kind of this concrete place right now that I have Mm -hmm. that feels fun still. And, um, because I love, I mean, though it's not really fully sketch comedy. Um, I would like, it's like, feels like a nice outlet for sketch comedy that I don't have right now. So I do want to keep that going, but I think in, in the long term, or I guess by long term, I mean like the next couple of months. So (laughs) in the next couple of months, I do want to like a little bit, I want to switch my focus to writing longer form things like, like a pilot I'm proud of. Um, and I, I, I think I have, I have sketches that I'm proud of, but I would like to get back into writing sketches, not just TikToks, but like right. a full blown four to five page sketch that I'm like, could have people act in yeah, um, with like multiple characters and, and beats and stuff. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's where my focus is. Like I, some people have been like, do you want to write a movie? I generally as a human, I'm not a huge movie person. Like I like movies, but I just like, I love television. Yeah. And so I think, my first focus will be television. I also would love to get into like just humor, satire, peace writing. Like yeah. it's just not my strength. Like I imagine things in dialogue mm-hmm. and less in like article or essay format. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'd like to challenge myself to try to get better at that. But it's really hard when I imagine everything as like a dialogue between people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. So, yeah. It's definitely a different muscle. T- definitely. Yeah. And the way that you communicate, like, the like jokes and stuff are, like, formatted differently. I, I mean, everything is, like, different structurally. Mm-hmm. So I would like to try it, but I know that that's, like, something I'm weaker in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you say, like, getting back into writing sketch again, would you, like, uh, just go back to trying to write for the stage? Or would you like write like longer form, like video sketch or does that- I would do longer form video sketch. I think I just don't foresee a huge live sketch scene for a bit. Yeah. So I think I'm just gonna try to write towards something. So it's like, not just like me talking to a camera as a character, but like, you know, a three minute thing, yeah. three, four minute thing that could be put on YouTube. I appreciate that. Or Instagram TV. IGTV, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've always been like a long form video sketch person. It's like yeah. where I like, it's like was my focus for like a few years. Um, and then I just started to get like a little bit discouraged over like a lot of like the, the format of 
one person just talking to the camera and doing the sketch in that way. That was like getting a lot more traction than like, Oh, I set up all these different angles and shots. Yeah. And, and, um, but like, I, I just love that, that medium of long form video. Same. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like I really grew up in the era of like YouTube sketches, the mm-hmm. beginnings of, you yeah. know, like college humor was blowing up funny or die became a thing. Like yeah. that really was like what I wanted to do in my head in my teens where I was like, if I could just work an online sketch yeah. writing, like if I could be a college humor, I would be the best. Obviously <laughs> things didn't <laughs> work out with all these places. That's fine. Also like the world changed, comedy changed, the yeah. internet changed. Um, but yeah, I agree. I love that. I love like the different angles and like, like getting like a full produced thing. I think like I yeah. kind of try to do that with my TikTok sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll like fully write out a script, have like actors and then like have someone like film us with different yeah. angles and then I'll like edit it yeah. very thoroughly. And like, I, it's because I love that. Mm-hmm. I just do it in one minute now um, with a vertical camera angle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love, I really do love like the longer form yeah. video sketches. The Lonely Island was like my dream, you know? Oh God. I, yeah. I loved Derek comedy. <gasps> oh, I love Derek comedy <laughs> and Bright, Brightanic. Brightanic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like weird. I was like obsessed with Brightanic in like uh, college. And now I'm like friends with Brian. He did last season of the podcast. I heard the, I, was, I listened to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Like I've yeah. been watching, oh, we've, we've talked about this. I'm like, I've been watching your videos since like, I was 18 and he's like, yeah, totally. But he's the same age as me. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just, uh, no, totally. Like I, well, I remember like I went to their live show and I was like, oh yeah, they're just like comedians. Yeah. But I, I've been watching them since I was so like, so young on the internet that yeah. to me, they're like absolute stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> people are just people. I know it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, man. Uh, well, um, thank you for chatting with me about like creativity and all like the weird, like, yeah. Sorry if we went right off a now. little too long on the internet stuff. <laughs> no, truly. It's so not at all. It's like so much of what like comedy and being like a creator right now is like, you know, the internet is such a, even before the pandemic, obviously was just like, it's 80% of what we have to do as creatives. <laughs> Absolutely. I really feel like the, the pandemic has really, really shifted it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, if it was, you know, 60% of what we had to do before, now it feels like 80% yeah. of what we have to do. Yeah. Like it really, really feels like everything is shifting there for good, for, for worse, for better. I don't know, but it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well on that note you can find this podcast on the internet at, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i was like wow your voice is beautiful it's just so good that was so good thank so you soothing. i do vo <laughs> okay vo queen i also have talked to people who have done like the vo like coaching yeah like voice acting coaching i should do that um, i have not done and- that <laughs> And then I, they tell me like all the work that goes into it, like to show this emotion, do I'm like, um, <laughs> I can barely show emotion on my face. So like, I don't think I can do it through my voice. <laughs> we established that you're not trying to be an actor. Yet. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> not an actor. <laughs> Make that very clear. Yeah. I'll title this episode, Jenny Ramona, yeah. not an actor. Not an actor, <laughs> more a writer. <laughs> Thank you. 
There it is, another one in the books. It was a really great conversation and we had so much fun. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me on the podcast. It was truly my pleasure to speak with you. You can follow Jenny on TikTok and Instagram at Jenny Iremoto if you want to see more of her stuff. As for you, dear listener, we'll see you next week with another episode coming out soon. And please continue to join me for season two, the season of the swerve. Until next time, I'll talk to you.